Welcome to the worst of the best podcast. You wanted the best. Well, they didn't freaking make it. So here's what you get from Canada and Texas and Washington State. Ryan and Bob and Zip. Welcome to another episode of the Worst of the Best podcast. I am your host, Ryan. With me today, we have a returning, well, two-time returning guest host, Bob and Zip. Zip was here just recently on the show, but Bob, why don't you reintroduce yourself to the masses? Was I here first before him? I think when we both first came on to the show, I think I invited you as a duo because of your podcast, but I think Zip couldn't make it. And then Bob was like, I don't know if I want to come on the show by myself, but I convinced you to come on and you did a great yeah. job. Do you remember the uh, topic? It was a Texas serial killer. It was like haunted something. It was Halloween themed, things. It was a oh, Halloween wow. thing. Oh, wow. Another yeah, Halloween thing. It's my deal. And we have a returning guest co-host, Zip, who every time I see you, Zip, you're losing either weight or facial hair. <laughs> so now you are. Uh, it's like that Stephen dying. King thinner. Yeah, it's yeah. like thinner. I'm just going to keep disappearing. That is something have... that can sound bad in a different context. It's like every time I see you, you just keep getting thinner and losing more hair. Yeah, like it's. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm not doing chemotherapy. You know who you look like a little bit? The actor. <sighs> Please, God. Tom yeah, Sizemore. I'll t- I'll take it. Sure. It's not bad. I just you, the eyes. I, I'm I gonna Google. I don't even. Re- I don't remember. Is he the one of the guys in Saving Private Ryan? Yeah. 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 It's been a lot of. Yeah, I could. I could see this. It's just a little bit. Just a little bit of that doppelganger. And of course, Tom Berenger. And of course, uh, Bob looks like Mario. So it's all good. He's got more of a Wario thing going on. Oh, it's to be honest. This mustache is the thing. Is my fiance loves it. She literally tells me not to get rid of it, and I beg her to let me get rid of it, and she says no. You could, you don't insane. have to have it as ridiculous as it is. You could trim it up a little. I said, can I just go down to the standard Tom Selleck? And she said she, no. <laughs> That's well, not a joke. It, it, it suits you. I think you have to be a Bob-like character to pull off a mustache like that. If I wore that, I don't think it would suit me at all. What do you think? Yeah, you would look like somebody in a sketch comedy bit tried to be like, (laughs) Here's my I'm a character, like when Elon Musk played Wario on SNL. Oh, yeah, all right. So, of course, Bob and Zip were the uh, co hosts of the awesome show, No Redeeming Qualities podcast. And I miss that show immensely. You guys were in my ear every week for years. You're missed. I still like to believe it's not over. That one day you'll yeah. come back on the air. The only way to get you back on is to have you on my show when my brother Jason yeah. can't make it. This is actually, I think, probably the the longest time that Bob and I haven't recorded something together in probably, what, 10 years? Yeah, oh. at least seven. Yeah, Look at my show, bringing time. you together, bringing you guys mm-hmm. together. Look at that. We hate each other outside of yeah, the show. It's, it's, Ryan gave me, I believe, $3,000 to do this show. I don't wasn't you're do supposed it, to say so. that I'm not on the air. Now Zip's going to ask for double. I only got 2000 <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, guys, I'm really, I really am honored and uh, thrilled you, you would be a part of today's show. And it is a Halloween episode. Of course, we're recording this on Friday the 13th, but this will probably be out in about a week closer to Halloween day. But so this is a great day to record and zip. We'll start with you. What's your overall 
feelings on Halloween as a time of the year? What's uh, now or oh, past? It's, it's not only the holiday is great. It's just at least when I was living in Texas for the vast majority of my life, it was a, just a pleasant weather time of year as well. The heat started to break, not quite cool yet, because it's the opposite problem of what you hear like people in the North talk about with their Halloween costumes. Like Jerry Seinfeld said that he was Superman. Right. He had to wear a jacket over his Superman costume. Yep, it's true. <laughs> it's the opposite problem in the South because you sweat to death based on yes. your costume selection. Love Halloween. Love the traditions. Love the time of year. It's candy, costumes, spooky stuff. What's there not to like unless you're like a fundamental Christian that I could totally see. Yeah, Tons of stuff to not about like about it. Trunk or treats. I got a lot of them. Yeah, trunk or treat. Is trunk or treat a thing in Canada, yes. Ryan? Yes. Yeah. It it, yeah. That Trunk or treat seems like it I was can understand that suited for frozen Canada. tundras of Saskatchewan or Calgary where it's like, yeah, everybody that's, get that's, together. <laughs> it, it came from more rural communities would yeah. do it because a lot of those places, the houses are too far apart. The weather is too dangerous. There's no street lights. So it, it makes sense to do it. But then the suburbs started doing it. And it's, that's it what was it was the conservative uh, evangelicals yeah. that ruined it. <laughs> yeah, nine eleven, nine eleven ruined trick or treating. It did. You know, yeah, it, yeah, it ruined <laughs> people's lives at trick or treating. But most of all, Ryan, you were already pushing forty when nine eleven happened. How so dare you? Done trick or treating. You were done trick or treating. <laughs> 9-11 was 22 years ago. I'm not that old. Come on now. Come on. It was okay. a long time ago. It's weird. Uh, I know. Is Halloween different in Canada? Do the kids say, like, trick or treat, please, sir? <laughs> like... <laughs> no, actually, Halloween's a lot of fun here. Well, Bob, I'll, I'll answer that after you go first, though. What was your Halloween experience like as a kid or as an adult? Do you enjoy oh, it? Well, Bob, actually, yeah. Bob, tell them the big difference with you with Halloween. I was born on it, baby. That's my birthday. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. I got that. a that's right. giant Halloween tattoo, and uh, I get one every year. And oh, dude, I'm obsessed with it. So uh, I might yeah. have a Halloween or Universal monster themed wedding. So we'll see. his his house, his fiance <laughs> keeps up Halloween themed string lights year round. Oh wow! She's or, a, or not year round, but you put them up like after she, you. Fourth of Literally July, says, which is way too early. Spooky season starts the day after the Fourth of July because it's the next holiday wow. after the Fourth of July. That's absurdity. People who Isn't bring it out a... September first, that's too early. That's true. Isn't there a veteran holiday in between then? Before Halloween, yeah. Labor Day, I guess, is the only real holiday. Yeah. There we go, well, Labor. Day. I would say the earliest. Personally, I'm one of those people that it starts October first. Christmas I'm the same way. starts December the day 1st. after Thanksgiving, blah, Our, blah, blah. But the for earliest you is yeah. September like 20th because it's like autumn. Once like officially autumn hits, you can what get away with your Halloween What are boxing day decorations stuff. like? It's boxes. Yeah, it's the boxes. Servants with their hands held out. <laughs> <laughs> so to answer your question though regarding uh, Canada, it's a blast up here. We love it. Uh, we celebrated it pretty hardcore. I was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest for you Americans, like right above Seattle. So we always had mild Halloweens, maybe rain, but that's it. Never cold or too cold to trick-or-treat costumes all the time. So we're lucky that way. And uh, we did the fireworks. That's a big thing too. Like we're big with fireworks. That's fireworks. What, yes. So for Halloween. That's a new one. That's yeah. awesome. Are so they are they like was... Halloween colors or are they no, just they're just, just your, what you would like cherry bombs, firecrackers. I was gonna say, wait, do you mean the blow up ones or are you talking Bo about like displays? Okay. Both. Like yeah, okay. okay. Oh, and I could see the devil's night aspect of it's that. It's more of that. So when you were a teenager, especially back in my age, because I guess, like Bob pointed out, I'm a little bit older. So back in the late 80s, early 90s, when I was a teenager, 
we'd have Roman candle wars, cherry bomb wars, people losing fingers, being chased yeah, by the weird. cops, that kind of stuff. So those are quote unquote, they are illegal. And so we'd spend half the time blowing up mailboxes, run away from the cops. And uh, my mom who's <laughs> listening, don't listen, mom. So that kind of stuff. <laughs> so it was, it's a lot of fun. So we de- de- definitely was never to cause harm to people, but sometimes people got hurt when we were fooling around, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Did they sell goblin insurance? Yeah. Oh yeah. We're still insured even if we mess up. <laughs> How popular was the Jason Voorhees costume in Canada? Because of the hockey mask. <laughs> people quit wearing that style of hockey masks like 50 years ago. It was yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's like that's a, a very 70s old look. school. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, when the hell did they have those? I don't know. I've never seen I think a it was hockey the 70s. player wear one. I think it was the 70s okay. for sure was that yeah. style. But that was sure. the first generation of masks because to me, it's insanity that people played <laughs> NHL level yeah, hockey without a mask on. Ugh. Goalie. People played goalie without I, a that mask That was the last on. guy to stop wearing them. Yeah. Have you seen his face? He looks yeah. like yeah. Frankenstein's yeah. monster. That's insane. Like, but yeah, yeah, bust, like, bust, bust their steel hearts. I couldn't do it. I'm too, I'm too much of a wimp. All right, so before I gave you guys this topic, I'll ask, did you know of this part of the history regarding Halloween? Did you know any of this stuff? I know the vast I knew majority some of it because oh. I'm obsessed. But, okay, yeah, I figure, yeah, Bob, yeah. okay, there you go, Bob, with your background and your love of Halloween. Some of it. I, I knew Halloween or any kind of tradition from the past. There's a lot of creepy stuff, a lot of weird stuff that humans do. We're going to go over those things today as a trio. But I've never heard of this event occurrence part of history i had no idea so in simple terms halloween has been around well for a long time some are saying even maybe before christianity was religion so long ago it was called now i thought it was pronounced like you zip sam hain just like you see it but it's scottish or celtics it's actually pronounced Samhain. is that right Samhain. Samhain. okay it was a celtic pagan festival so during Samhain, it was believed that the line between the world and the living and the world of the dead got glory. So we don't have a lot of written records about how sound was celebrated. So we have to rely on stories and accounts from others and other people to learn about it. But what we do know suggests that it involves some pretty spooky or mysterious rituals uh, that are quite different from the fun and festive uh, Halloween that we enjoy today. I'm a really big traditionalist when it comes to Halloween. And one of the things that I always do is... You have to leave your jack-o'-lantern burning all night long. When yes. you go to bed, you refresh that candle because that's the only thing protecting yeah, you right. from the spirits. Yeah, yeah, we do the same thing. Keep the light on all day or all night. I absolutely, totally agree. So Samhain was derived from the Irish language for November. So that's the connection. So it's actually celebrated officially on November 1st. So Samhain Eve is mm. October 31st. It's a Gaelic festival celebrated on November 1st marking the end of the harvest season and the onset of winter. It holds significance in Celtic and neo-pagan traditions. This festival's origins are connected to Halloween costumes. It was a time when the Celts celebrated the beginning of winter and the new year, and today it remains an essential part of the history and the traditions that underlie Halloween. I, I can't believe I didn't know this. Yeah, as much as I have enjoyed Halloween, I know it's called Old Hell's Eve that was derived from this. I just, again, didn't know it was a Celtic tradition. It's because the Catholic Church essentially was like, all you Irish people, we'll let you keep this yeah. one thing, but we're okay. just going to call it something different so you can shut up. 
Yeah, it's actually similar with a lot of the Easter traditions with the continental European pagans. The same exact concept of you're going to worship Christ. We're going to do this in Latin, so you have no idea what we're telling you, but we're just going to throw crosses on all your crap, and we're just going to slide on in there. (laughs) All right, so what we're going to do here, folks, is we're going to reveal or talk about 10 traditions that came from Samhain that bears some resemblance to maybe what we're doing today or at the very least things that were done possibly back then i know it sounds vague but you'll hear what we're talking about because obviously there's some things that are not practiced today but you'll see some connections of what we do today and i think for the worst pick i i had a couple ideas we could say for example maybe the worst atrocity could be a worse pick or yeah there's, the worst... there's one on here that i think is yeah. going to take the case well, i'm not going to say what it is well, but i was thinking that too i was thinking that too zip but the problem with that one is it's almost too easy so i was also thinking another criteria we could do is which one do you think is the worst carried over the one that doesn't carry over as well in today's modern halloween as it does back then so whatever your criteria it doesn't matter it's all independent so for this one i'm going to give you guys carte blanche whatever you think is the worst of the 10 and then you just say why you think it's the worst. It could be the most okay. atrocious, the worst transition to modern Halloween, or the one that's the most not believable this actually happened. But any reason you want to make it the worst. And when you get to your worst, don't say it during the reading, Zip. Don't say it during the reading, Bob. Remember, save it for the end. So when you talk about it, don't. that's what the audience waits for. They can't Let wait me just clarify this so I don't screw this up at the end and look like an idiot. I'm picking, well, that's too late. I'm picking what? <laughs> like... It's in the name, the worst of the best. I thought this was the best of the worst. What show am I on? Okay, I'll pick whatever is the worst of something. Bob, you've got number 10, though. You want to go ahead with I that one? I do. And we're going to talk about what they did with their monarchs and how they buried them. Ish. All right. So in the Irish bogs, there are these preserved bodies that have been discovered. And they look almost exactly the same as when they were alive, even though it was hundreds of years since they died. The preservation is because they're covered in a thick layer of black peat, which is also the name of that weird racist Santa Claus from the Netherlands. And- I was going to say Black Pete was a guy who bought scrap metal out of my yard when I lived in the country. <laughs> black Pete's the you guy who won't you? get out of the counter doing his scratch-offs. <laughs> He's everywhere. Ah, dude, great guy. He's also buried with these old monarchs. Wow, he's everywhere. <laughs> so Black Pete, it, it's what makes scotch taste like scotch, which is burning oh. rubber. I don't know if you're a scotch guy, right? Well, I've, I've had some, but I didn't know that's what gives it the... It's Yeah, it's peat. They burn the peat, and that's what gives it that horrific smoke flavor. See, this but... is why I miss you guys on the airways. You guys always had this incredible information about things. You know, I, I, if I can't reunite you guys after today, then I have failed as a podcaster. <laughs> if the fans come together and bag us... <laughs> then we'll do it. You got one here. You got one here. Okay, continue with the black peat. <laughs> okay, so what these peat bogs do is they prevent their flesh from decaying. It's a type of embalming almost. Many of them not there by chance because they just found these bodies by chance. Somebody was just in a peat bog and said, oh my God, that man's dead. And it turns out that man has been dead for hundreds of years. Uh, they're believed. They're part of ceremonial sacrifice. They think that the Celts or Gales, whichever ones they were, that part of Ireland, that timeline's confusing, that they knew that these peat bogs were able to preserve bodies. That's what they thought. And so they intentionally put their monarchs or anyone of importance there 
I know for a fact that they found like some of the best instances or artifacts of ancient like Celtic swords and Bronze Age weapons and stuff because they bury them with it. Really cool thing. It fits with the legends of their ritualistic killings of uh, kings during Samhain. When times were tough, plagued by diseases or famines, the people would blame the kings for their hardships. And that king, because it was his fault, would be sacrificed and replaced. And they would throw that body into the bog with the help of Black Pete. Black Pete um, would be there with them all the way. Get in there. Too bad we don't have this kind of ceremony for our leaders today. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> the economy sucks. <laughs> you Here in the know. United States, I can think of 435 members of Congress that I'd love to throw in some Black Pete right now. <laughs> Black Pete's gonna be very busy buried a lot. It's gonna of be that bog is gonna be filled, Mr. Prime Minister. Lawyers. you're going to the bog. <laughs> you gotta hand it to these old time traditions. Look, things aren't working out. You're the leader. Off with your head. The the problem with American politics right now is a lot of these people are already at a semi dead. Preserved <laughs> state being propped up weekend at Bernie style by their staffers in order to keep can't voting. Wait to slip into his peat bog. And yeah, preserve. like some of them wish they were dead. We'd like to welcome <laughs> as our fourth co-host Tony from the One Big Toilet Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the show, Tony. All right, I miss him too. Both of you guys. Oh, you guys make me sad. Okay, that's a good. That's good stuff. I love it. All right, good. Zip, you got number nine. All right, number nine: the rise of the dead. On Soin, people believed that the barriers between the world of the living and the world of the dead would become thinner, allowing deceased loved ones to come back to the living world. These spirits often tried to return to their homes. In some places, people were kind to the wandering spirits. They would leave food outside their doors to nourish these passing ghosts or even leave their doors open, setting up a place for the dead to rest. However, not all spirits were peaceful. According to an Irish legend... When the passage to the world of the dead opened, a creature called Aileen would emerge oh. and set the town of Terra on fire every sowing. In some places, people were so afraid of these spirits that they would lock their doors and stay inside, fearful of going outside. I gotta admit, if I knew there was ghosts wandering around, I would probably yeah, lock door, door closed. Door. Yeah, <laughs> door closed, <laughs> windows closed, boarded up. You got somebody, say, you know, put it aside, bread and soup for Uncle Charlie to come back. Hey, you go, buddy. You want some soup? You know, because it's like feeding stray cats. If I leave food out, the ghosts will just keep coming back. And next thing, I got a whole yard full of ghosts. <laughs> Great band name, too. Yard full of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're a good punk band from the 80s. I like yeah. that. Yeah, that's the whole thing with it is literally it's like skin between the two worlds. It gets too thin and saw the ghosts come through. That's part of how trick-or-treating came because the kids would just go out and run through all the yards and go, give me that. And that's why people thought the ghosts were actually eating it because the children would grab it and run to the next one. Yeah, I was going to say that must be the correlation there. A little bit of the doors being open to welcome the spirits or the like today's kids of don't wreck our house or you're welcome here. Here's some food. Here's some here's a treat. So they leave happy and they don't toilet paper your house if you don't give them a treat. Or anything. Is that what the trick is? The trick was the kids, this was actually after Samhain or Samhain, a little bit yeah. further down the road, is that kids used to perform, sing, and do that kind of stuff to get their treats. Right. They actually had to do tricks to get treats. British Halloween, or there's something called Mummer's Night, and it sucks. And it's something oh. very similar, and it's religious. Mummer's but, Night. It sounds, uh, like a, it sounds like an adult fetish. I'm not sure. <laughs> 
some of the early stuff for Halloween you hear about up in the Northeast, it sounds like these kids were horrible. Just the stuff they would do to people, just rip your gate off the hinges and throw it in a ditch and things like that. And God forbid the Detroit Devil's Night. Have you heard about that? Detroit Devil's Night is taking it to a whole other level because they're burning entire commercial buildings to the ground. It's, it's, oh, okay. I also like the uh, fact that this creature, Eileen, was set this town on fire every so on. Yeah. This poor town is probably some bitter old man lighting this town on fire, but they just blamed it on the ghost. I'd be like, can we have a fire watch this night? Because I'm telling you, it's not a ghost, okay? It's a person. I'm thinking it also... I'm thinking also like Gran Torino style that eventually people just move, but there's one stubborn old man who won't leave Terra. Every year it's him versus Aileen. <laughs> All right. I've got the next one. This is fortune telling. This one's a little bit more subdued than the ones we've just uh, read. So during Samhain, people used to try some unusual rituals to predict their future, often described as spells. Some were quite harmless. For example, girls would hide near a neighbor's house, fill their mouths with water, hold a pinch of salt in each hand, and listen to the conversations. They believed that the first name they heard an unmarried man mentioned would be the name of the person they would marry. So what I love about this is the guys would know this, and so they're like, hey, I think Susie is really hot. I'm going to say her name so I can get her to marry me. (laughs) Knowing that they're listening beside the house there. So another ritual, the men would open barn doors and pretend to release corn against the wind three times and after the third time a spirit would pass through the barn taking on the appearance of the job they would have when they grew up however boys were advised to remove the door hinges otherwise the spirit might stick around and cause trouble (laughs) this is such goofy farmhand logic yeah this is like a form of ocd where it's okay i have to open my barn door i have to throw corn out three times i have to take the hinges off you gotta tell the ghost (laughs) He can have some corn, but you better take the door off the hinges. Or else he's, he's going to eat has, on your corn. This definitely has Grandpa Simpson vibes to it. <laughs> what, is, what does release corn against the wind That's, even mean? I think I guess like, I'm, oh, throwing, it, I'm throwing it into oh, the wind. Like it's just to geese or to ducks. Yeah, you're just scattering the corn to the wind. Oh, oh like, like pieces of the kernels. Yeah. I was yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. it's still on the cob. I'm like, let's just go to fly you through get the a wind. Corn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> this ghost has told me I'm going to be a farmer three years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Do you do it every year or is it you mm-hmm. can do it to get the job you like? Or yeah. Unless you start working next year. It's like, yep, he was right. I'm a farmer. <laughs> all right here's another thing that happened the celts or the gales or whatever they had a whole big thing for fairies that's where fairies come from is that whole irish area of the world during sow and the ancient celts believed that fairies who were less friendly than the uh, your whole tinkerbell fairy would come out of their homes and wander among the humans yeah ancient celtic versions of fairies are horrible they're very demon-like. A lot of their whole existence revolves around eating children and things like that. So they weren't uh, wearing little skirts and showing a little bit of fairy cleavage, or dude, Tinkerbell could get it, especially when she I mean, was, that Julia was, more, it was Julia Roberts. Yeah, Julia Roberts' smile is so big it looks like her skull's gonna pop out of her mouth one day. So, <laughs> dude, my dad had these things he would tell us to keep us from trying to look at our parents, whatever they were being, Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, or the Tooth Fairy, 
And uh, if you try to look at Santa Claus and stay up, he would beat the shit out of you. Sorry. And if you tried to look at the Easter Bunny, he would poop in your bed. But if you tried to look at the Tooth Fairy, she would turn into a demon. And so that prevented us from ever trying to look for the Tooth Fairy. All right. So the fairies were considered terrifying monsters, which, you know what? That's another thing. If a fairy showed up in your room, you would be horrified. You'd hit it with a golf club. If anything throw, showed up in my bedroom, yes, I would be upset <laughs> and scared by it. Yeah, you did that to me. The most angry I was ever at Bob was when we shared a duplex once upon a time. He lived in one side, I lived in the other. And I fell asleep on my own couch. Remember, we did not live together. I fell asleep in my own couch in, on a Saturday night at late at night, and Bob swung my front door open with a drink in hand and came and started shaking me and said, what are you doing? Sleeping? And I was like, I'm in my own, I'm in my own home. In my defense, Keep... I was correct. You were. Anyway, so... <laughs> anyway, fairies, Bob. Um, fairies were led by the king of the dead. The fairies would ride on storm clouds accompanied by an army of hellhounds to collect the souls of the recently departed. I knew that mermaids were originally like monstrous and not mm. friendly, but I, I guess I had no idea fairies were once this way. They're not what you think. They're not even necessarily little. Sometimes yeah, they're right. human size and all sorts of stuff. They also run the end times, apparently. <laughs> so, however, during Samhain, they're much less discriminating. It would sometimes snatch the living with them and drag them to the afterlife. So to stay safe during the festival, people avoided fairy mounds. Fairy mounds are a thing over there in Ireland, and it's just like in Iceland where they have like, these troll homes where they're like, oh, you can't build a road there. There's trolls. They live there. Eh? That's Canadian. That was not I was going to say the Canadians in Iceland. <laughs> Don't go there. Eh? There's fairies. Um, there are these little hills that they call fairy mounds. I'm certain they make them themselves. Uh, and out of fear that getting too close to the fairy mound could result in being captured and taken to the underworld. Stay, Stay away, away from the yeah. fairy mound on right. Halloween night. Bob, we love you. <laughs> How much do you miss Bob? Come on. <laughs> I talk to Bob every single day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I talk to <laughs> Yeah, Keep but you'd be surprised how many day. people would NRQ and people were like, are you guys still going to talk? I'm like, yes, we're still going to talk. What are you All you have to do is record, record your conversations and put them on a podcast. Uh, and conversations yeah, maybe someday. Believe me, as bad as the show was, it's much worse when it's just us. Somehow. Oh, I know. I have to censor myself, too. I hear you. I'm All right, Zippy, you got number six. All right, number six, the creatures of the cave of cats. The scariest spot during Sewin was the Cave of the oh, Cat. Oh no! Also the known cave as Cave of Cats. <laughs> also known as Oia Nugget. Oh, very oh, good. Okay. This cave was a narrow hole in the side of a hill. According to legends, the Fairy Queen had once visited this place, and her maidservant liked it so much that she wanted to stay there. However, after that, the cave became infested with malicious spirits. In medieval times, many people claimed to have seen monsters crawling out of the cave. Some stories said that a woman's ghost would come out each year and take nine of the best animals from every herd. Others told of strange creatures emerging from the cave, and there were even tales of evil cats being released during sowing to attack the people in the town below. This cave was considered a very spooky and dangerous place during the sowing celebration. Evil cats. <laughs> Damn! Evil cat. Cats can be pretty evil if they're not domesticated. I'll tell you that. Feral cat. 
Yeah, be careful. Feral cats are monstrosities. I want nothing to do with the street cat. So that's yeah, probably what it. this was. If there's some truth to this story or this account, there's probably was some sort of area in the town or near these people. The Celtic lands were a large, vast area. So th there could have easily just been some feral cat ground or something where, yeah. What you, what you learn with a lot of superstitious stuff is it's to either get people to not do a certain thing. Going under a ladder is bad luck. Yeah, don't go under the ladder and knock the carpenter off of it. And break his neck. <laughs> but a lot of this is usually directed at children. Don't go in those little caves because you're going to get stuck and That's die. That's what I was going to so say. I tell can tell you. Filled with evil cats. I can tell you right now. It's just a windy cave. That's it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what it was. It was like, there's, there's evil cats in that cave. I'm telling you. Like, How dare you? There, there was a real spirit that came out and yeah. took nine of your best herds. <laughs> you, you shut your mouth. I lost nine of my best. I, I love the idea of this ghost going around checking out your cattle. Okay, you've got a mark behind your ear. I'll put you over here. You're not too bad. I mean, specifically, this, nine of them. This cow's the not prime. This is A1. <laughs> so the 10th cow's like, you know what? It's not so bad to be a little bit sucky. Like, number 10 cow's like, you know what? I lived in another Samhain. <laughs> this is great, A. This isn't prime cattle. I love those specific numbers. The nine of the best. And I just love the idea of this ghost, how they ranked it. <laughs> like, yeah, and then they would take those nine and they'd find the worst of the best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I know. They, they were our show. They were the worst of the best cows. That's awesome. I love it. Okay. All right, Bob, you might like this tradition. So during Samhain, one okay, of the main things people did was drink a lot of alcohol. <laughs> They still do that one. <laughs> I was going to say, you're telling me <laughs> the Irish drink a lot? <laughs> so this festival happened after the last big harvest before winter. This was legit as to why they did this. Because there was a surplus of grain that would go bad if not used. And since there was no way to refrigerate it, people chose to make a ton of alcohol to avoid wasting the grain. So yeah, they hard. drank heavily during Samhain. In fact, getting drunk was a huge part of the festival. And the old Irish stories about excessive drinking take place during Samhain. Some stories like, which I didn't I didn't read the story or get any info on it, but it's called The Intoxication of the Ulsterman. I I'm looking love, that up later, yeah. I would love to see the movie of The Intoxication of the Ulsterman. <laughs> Somebody wants to Google the... Uh, bachelor party. What uh, the, well, I wonder what the synopsis of that is. Bunch of Irishmen got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> this year, it's, the story was all about people getting very drunk during the festival, and it was a big deal during this time of year. So I think the idea that, yes, the farming's done, right? We've worked the fields, and now the winter months are coming, and we're going to have to store what we've sowed throughout the year. Let's have a little bit of party. That's fair. Get, get some alcohol on us. And we can't let this grain to go to waste. I love how we can't let this grain go to waste. The only thing we can do now is make a lot of alcohol. That's something here in the States we actually know a little bit about because in history we have to learn about something called the Whiskey Rebellion, which is all the grain farmers in the southern colonies were like, look, it's a lot cheaper to just distill all this grain. It was the western colonies, not the southern. Was it? Yeah, it's Nobody cheaper. comes to the show for knowledge, let's be honest. <laughs> Whoa, what am I doing here? Uh, <laughs> the mustache. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I do love how it's just like, yeah, let's just get as drunk as humanly possible. And that's where all the best stories from Ireland come from, apparently. <laughs> all right, so fire played a significant role in the Samhain Festival, but the way people used it varied from place to place, and some customs were pretty strange and pretty dark. In Moray, Scotland, boys would go door to door asking for <laughs> peat, which I told you, 
It's a stinky bog mass. You never use peat moss in like gardening or anything like that? I, if you burn it, it tastes like a burning tire. Anyway, so they'd ask for Pete to burn the witches. <laughs> they would create a big old fire and lie down as close as they could without getting burned and let the smoke cover them. Their friends would then jump over them through the smoke and thinking this ritual would protect them magically. In some parts of Wales, people would leap over a fire and run away, believing that a creature called the Black Sow would catch the slowest runner. According to this guy, J.A. McCall, in the past, <laughs> Ritual was more intense. They would actually catch one of the runners believed to carry the evils of the year and throw him into the bonfire as a human sacrifice. So here's another thing. You ever see the movie The Wicker Man? Oh, yeah. Great movie. That's this. In The Wicker Man, they would take their prisoners for the year. Whatever prisoners they took for crimes against the tribe and things like that. And supposedly, I don't think anybody ever saw the dang thing. But they built a giant wicker man, and it wasn't just the one guy. They built cells into the wicker man and put their prisoners in it and sacrificed them to their gods and burned the whole thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. The wicker man. Zip. <laughs> this poor guy. So they just decide, okay, you know what? <laughs> this guy or girl is carrying the evils of the year. Let's just chuck them into the fire. Yeah. I've been good. I've kept my lawn up. Keep yourself in check. Be good neighbors. You're not thrown to the fire as a human sacrifice. How do you determine which one you're going to grab and throw in? Do they all Black get Pete? together and be yeah. like, this Whichever one you don't cars. like. Yeah. Whoever right? had a nice house that you wanted to take. That's just it. <laughs> I know. It's like whoever wanted yeah. the uh, somebody's wife, somebody's house. See, if Black Pete was gone, I could buy his lot next to mine and make a, <laughs> expand my whole property out. You can't throw Black Pete to the fire. He's too busy being buried with the monarchs. So you got to let him yeah. be. Uh, yeah, that's a way to go. I tell you, death by fire. Come on, that has got to suck. They say at least you die of the smoke inhalation first, is what they say. They because... say that, but it takes a lot of heat to get that smoke going. Oh yeah, fire's pretty hot. <laughs> Last um, time I checked, it's not cold. <laughs> that's apparently something they did with some of the witch trials. Was they were like, oh, I know you'll die from the smoke inhalation, so we're just gonna take some wet bush branches. And let it slowly cook you. Ugh. So, all right, who's got the next three. one? That's you. People dressed up as the dead. Mm-hmm. Like today's Halloween, people in ancient times also wore costumes during sewing, but they weren't dressing up as superheroes or cartoon characters. Instead, they dressed up as the dead. They would paint their faces black and put on disguises made from straw, thinking that this would make the wandering spirits believe they were one of them. Some people even wore the skin of freshly slaughtered animals. Sowin was a time when many animals were killed to prepare for the winter, and the start of the festivities was often marked by the sounds of pigs being slaughtered. <laughs> God! <laughs> Yay! To protect themselves from the wandering spirits, people would take animal skulls and skins and turn them into scary-looking costumes. Just like today, costumes were a part of Sowin, but they had a more eerie and ghostly twist in them. Have y'all seen any of the traditional Halloween costumes? Oh yeah, you see you them. I've like, seen them online. There, yeah, with the old school costumes of the kids back in the 1900s, like early, like 1920s or 1910s. Oh, that's not even the worst ones. Oh. I saw a National Geographic article where they went to some of those way backwater parts that people forget. No matter what country you're in, there's a backwater part of the country nobody ever goes to anymore, and 
the stuff is genuinely disturbing. They're all made with like skeletal pieces of livestock and things, credibly elaborate like reed mats and stuff, and they're really creepy. You should look it up. It's upsetting. So that's partly where this came from then. The idea that you're wearing real like Buffalo Bill from Science of the Lambs. You're wearing the skin of your kill yeah. on your face and on your uh, head. You got the dad slaughtering the pig and he hands the head over to the little Billy. He says, yeah, put this on, son. Happy Samhain. Yeah. Ryan, oh. do your kids dress up for Halloween? Yeah, we're taking them out this Halloween for sure. The final three that still trick-or-treat. Three. What three do you don't... think is the latest a kid should be able to trick-or-treat age-wise? Honestly, I don't really have a hard age per se, but I think anywhere, I think 14, 15, I think once you start to drive a go. car, you yeah. probably Yeah, you know, that's about yeah, right. If you're driving yourself from yeah. house to house, you're too <laughs> old to trick-or-treat. Or you're able to, that. yeah. But if a kid's having fun and they're not causing any harm, they are dressing up, and that's fine. It, as long as you dress up, you're good. Yes, you I did it until I was key. like 16 or 17 because I used you my oldest brother as an excuse. If you're taking siblings right. with you, that yeah. really can add to the time in can which I you're allowed to do it. Can I just get a little bit of candy, too? Can I have yes. a little bit in my pillowcase, please? Ryan, what do your kids put the candy in? A pillowcase? That seems uh, to be the universal. I guess it has been pillowcases. That, that's okay. all when you're oh, yeah. a small child, you use the little jack o Yeah, the little bucket. The, yeah. The horrible handle. That's like yeah, it hurts your hand. I got a... I, the last Halloween, oh, when we first moved up here, I got a boo bucket from McDonald's. <laughs> I got a boo bucket, too. I felt like kid. such a jackass. But the I don't guy think I've ever heard like, it called a boo bucket before. That's what they're called by McDonald's. The from Halloween, yeah. Oh, they, I... when, when Bob and I were young, it was like the huge thing you would get at a McDonald's Happy Meal was it came in this bucket that you were supposed to use for trick-or-treating. Ask the guy, hey, this comes with the bucket, right? And he's like, you want the bucket, don't you? I was like, I, I don't even really... It was like, you could honestly just give me the bucket. That's all I want. You could, I was embarrassed. And he was like, dude, you're like the 50th grown wow. man to come in here today to grab this boo bucket. It's a different McDonald's around the city to get like the third one she didn't have. So, mm -hmm. oh, I've never. I'm looking at it right now. I have never seen these before. They were from when we were kids, and then they brought them back for the first time in like 15 years. Maybe years I saw ago. them, but I just never. Cause I was already way ago not trick or treating, and I didn't have kids young I, enough or old enough to trick or treat when these were out. Yeah, that's funny. I need to put it out. We don't really have many decorations for Halloween, uh, so here it is. Actually, oh. There it is. <laughs> your your yeah. Halloween decorations is a boob bucket from McDonald's. It's a singular, awesome. it's a singular boob bucket. I got the first one, and I got it for the kid. And awesome. I, I just put it on the ground next to Mr. Love Muffin because she was young. And I go, sorry, it's Love Muffins now. And she cried. Oh, so. man. All right. So I've got the number two. But during Samhain and later Halloween, not only did the boundary between the living and the dead blur, but some people also used this time to blur the lines between genders. Mm -hmm. Men would dress up as women and wander the streets. In the mid-19th century, many groups that went door-to-door -door on Halloween were mostly made up of men dressed as women, often referred to as hags in Wales. <laughs> these, these hags would go to people's homes and ask for food or a place to stay. And if a house was especially messy, that's what kills me. These men dressed as a woman who would even come inside the house and start cleaning, all the while <laughs> making a disapproving humming sound like a strict wife. This, that's this funny. is a schizophrenic man. Like, yeah. I'm a lady. Let me inside. I'm going to clean your house. <laughs> this sounds like no offense. Look, you want to dress up as a woman, that's fine. But the idea that I have to clean your house now... 
So <laughs> dressing in women's clothing was part of Halloween's history, making it, making the time of gender role reversal and playful cross dressing. So the obviously this happened. This happens a lot today. I just like the idea that not only did they dress as women, but they acted like this old school nagging wife to these. If you're coming in there and cleaning, you wanted to do this all year round. (laughs) You're just getting the chance today. Just don't let Moms for Liberty find out about this. (laughs) They're going to come protest your... Just to clarify, there's a difference between cross-dressing and being a transgendered individual. It's like There's a lot of overlap, but there's significant differences in it. And there's the root of it is the reason you've always seen this phenomenon throughout history is a man in a dress is funny. It's <laughs> just funny. It's always right, going right. to be funny. Like <laughs> especially, especially when it's a man who's not making any attempts to not look like right. a man, like he to still look has feminine, a mustache. Like to, to be yeah. feminine, right? Wearing like if, his wife's <laughs> Sunday dress. It's funny. If you're listening to this episode, come to our YouTube channel to see what Bob looks like. Now that you see what Bob looks like, put a dress on Bob right now. <gasps> We're gonna laugh. <laughs> what yeah, a right? I mean, house you have been ashamed yeah. if you lifted my skirt and fogged my genitals. <laughs> I'm thinking of what is the disapproving hum house. <laughs> yeah like miss doubtfire yeah mrs doubtfire that's right that's yeah. right <laughs> how nobody saw that was the dad dressed up as a woman i don't know there's a meme that actually sums it up pretty well where it's like if you're gonna accuse your maid of being your ex-husband dressed up like a woman you can't shoot that shot unless you're a thousand percent positive <laughs> Uh, if you tried to do a Miss Doubtfire today, you would go to jail. Oh, you would sure. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like how his idea of telling people that he's responsible enough to be a part of his children's <laughs> life was creating a, a an old British nanny character. Don't you see? I've got it all together. Like... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, sorry. But but again, it's uh, I can see, especially back then, the idea that these men that were working the fields and the farms and also would be silly and dress up as they saw it as women and start nagging these other people in their houses. <laughs> like, I would just actually wish to go back in time just to see this event. <laughs> I just think it would be a funny thing to actually watch back then. But it was very all. liberating. For people, oh, yeah. not probably. in the sense of like they wanted to be women, but because people were so buttoned up back then, yeah, it was probably true. a lot of fun to get to. Yeah, those oh, are yeah. the funniest costumes when couples switch genders. It's like my fiance might go as Tommy Chong, and I'm going to go as Cheech with the mustache. Yeah. Did you ever see Under Siege when Gary Busey was dressed up as a woman in Under Siege? With Steven Seagal, yeah, that sounds yeah. hilarious. Yeah, so that's the same idea. Just imagine Gary Busey dressed up as a woman. That's exactly what hey, this is probably. I'm a lady now. <laughs> you, have you never seen Under Siege? I have not Busey? seen Under Siege. I know that Tommy Lee Jones gets stabbed in the top of the head with a knife. That's the only oh thing I remember. What about you, Bob? Under Do you know? Have you seen Under Siege? Okay, never well, seen a single Steven Seagal movie. Okay, I've seen the one he made with Ja Rule, where they're in the prison. That's okay. the only Steven Seagal movie I've seen. I believe After it's called. Uh, Better off dead. Oh, maybe that or something. Movies are what influenced Ryan to join the Navy. Half past dead. It's ah, in case you're wondering, Steven Seagal wears a do rag the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) To cover up his real hair. He's doing the cover up his real hair. Waves he's been working on. Anyway, so in the very early days of Samhain, there are stories that suggest it might have involved child sacrifice. According to Irish legends, there was a time when the gods demanded sacrifices during the festival. That's all I've ever heard. It was a big sacrifice day. 
One legend mentions that people had to give up a significant portion of what they owned, including their food and even their children. Another account written by a Christian monk, which are such a reputable source when it comes to pagan traditions. It's not like they've ever said this exact same thing about every other religion. But they said he talks about a place called Magschlecht. Wow, I didn't uh, know. Is that German? <laughs> you ask them, dude. They're the ones who put like, four letters together and they go, this means harumph. Magschlecht, where there was an altar dedicated to a deity named <laughs> Krom Crunch. <laughs> crotch. I think it's crotch or crock. Krom Crunch. Uh, I'm going to go with Krom Crunch. Great breakfast cereal. According to the monk, this altar was used for sacrificing children during Samhain. This does sound like such a like a Christian monk sort of thing. It's like, that, that altar right there, that's where they sacrificed the babies. So he wrote, they would kill their firstborn children amid such sorrow and danger, then pour their blood as an offering to Crom Crunch. So in the distant past, Samhain may have involved some child sacrifices. Sacrifices to Crom Crunch. Crom crunch. We've gone from child sacrifices to neighborhood block parties. Yeah. So can you imagine the same neighborhood of people say, you know what? Little Billy down the street there, you know, he threw rocks on my window. It's time to sacrifice them. And everyone got together and just they had so many kids back then. Too many yeah. of them. I, you get what I'm saying. The herd out. Back I mean, then it was you and 30 other dudes in the woods. Like, I, I'm actually confused by the idea that you could bear a child, have this child with you. But it's okay to slit their throats to crumb crunch. I I don't. <laughs> I just don't get how we went from that to. I don't right know. Up. It's I isolation. It's when you are so isolated in the weird little island, and nobody's there to tell you for one thing. But also, the next human beings are like five days trek, and you might die on the way there. You come up with some kooky shit. Uh, crumb crunch uh, cereals near you i love it okay well, that was the 10 things i'm going to go over the uh, titles really quickly and then get ready guys to pick your worst for whatever reason be whatever your reason is so, okay number 10 the killing rituals of monarchs number nine the rise of the dead number eight fortune telling number seven fairies kidnap people number six the creatures of the, ca <laughs> of the cave of cats number five people drank heavily number four the black sow Number three, people dressed up as the dead. Number two, people cross-dressed. And then uh, number one, child sacrifice. So Bob, what was your worst pick and why? Oh, that's the cave of the cats. Mostly <laughs> because it's definitely just a windy cave and nothing came of it. Also, somebody definitely got their cattle rustled and were too like embarrassed to tell everyone that they got their cattle stolen. So like, it was the cave witch. She went through it and said, I like that one you can keep. So, yeah, it's the cave of the cats. Okay, I like it. I like it. Good reasons, too. My worst pick is just because it's so... Even your story there, Bob, makes more sense. But mind the idea of throwing corn in the wind <laughs> to see what job you're going to have? It's like, I can't believe people even fell for this. The wind, tax accountant. Oh, <laughs> Future monarch of the village so you can be burned next year. No, I don't want that job. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, whispering of the girls putting water in their mouth and pinch of salt and whispering a name or hearing the men whisper a name to see who gets married next. So that, that kind of stuff is just a little silly, a little much. And it doesn't really I mean, that's quite how you fit. you got married. 
and it also yeah it also doesn't quite fit in with the whole halloween part of things of today so that's yeah whereas yeah, arguably like, has nothing to do anything with halloween yeah. yeah just more of just the spells i think that's where it falls in because they were described as spells so with the witch's spells but that's about it so that's the kind of the weakest entry with uh, customs of today Whew. dmv clerk oh um, ooh, shoot me now <laughs> throw me the fire throw me the fire if i'm a dmv clerk all right zip you've got the last one the, ob- the obvious one is the child sacrifice because that's no fun it's <laughs> really killing the vibe of my party but yeah not, not to parrot bob but also i was going to say the creature of the the cat cave because it, it's to be more nitpicky it's just saying like this vague like, yeah, there's monsters in it but and they may be cats he told me like something concrete like there's the cyclops lives in that cave or, or it's a cat with the head of an eagle that would be cool at least this is too vague all right fair just that's fair some vague cave with some vague cat-like monster in it it's going to take an oddly specific amount of your animals <laughs> <laughs> all right so guys do you have anything to plug before we close up i know you're working on something but i don't know if you're allowed to plug anything yet there zip or what's the rule i'll just say yeah i've got a written a written word project that's gonna hopefully come out sometime in 2024 but i can't commit to a date sure all right we miss you on the airways we're gonna have you on you have you guys on again bob and zip an absolute pleasure to seeing you guys and hearing you together and i hope some of the nrq listeners are listening to this as well but with that remember in front of every silver lining, there's a cloud. And today, for me, it was the uh, throwing the corn into the wind to get your job. And for Bob and Zip, it was the cave of cats. Yeah, everybody go and uh, check out the old NRQ episodes. And if enough of you come out of the woodwork and create a grassroots following, we'll think about coming back. <laughs> uh, the best place to find the back catalog is to go to nrqpodcast.com. You can find the old podcast episodes. You can also find some of the uh, fully scripted material Bob and I made. Yeah, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm.